Welcome to another fun-filled hashtag football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color, the first of 2023, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Mr. Kim McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, so you can catch up on our other live shows. We have uh, Aaron on our network throughout the week, so you're happy to miss them. You can go back and listen and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, you can always uh, catch us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find Sports on Chicago. Excuse me, on all social media platforms. You want to catch our podcast? You can do so by subscribing to Warren or Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, that's War on Anchor on all podcast platforms. And give while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. You have any definite opinions to our to, to our extravagance we call it Sports Talk Radio Show? You can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakeem will get the up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, Lakina has the full power to give you fools to be a be a boot. Bye-bye. I love when she says that. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you that you also catch Sports Zone Chicago live on Roku TV. That's why right. Sports Hub Chicago is now available on Roku TV. So celebrate with the squad and give it the program. Sports Hub Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you have Roku TV, just tap on the sports folder and access Sports Hub Chicago through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. We know you have a bunch of handheld devices laying around. Your PC, your Chromebook like I'm using right now, iPad, iTouch, iPhone. Just download that Roku TV app and access Sports Zone Chicago that way. So celebrate with the squad, get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now on Roku TV, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. So you can listen to us and watch us whenever and wherever you like. So yes. so we got a yeah, so so we got a big you know, show uh, today. We got Luke Braun, co-host of the Lockdown Vikings podcast, to talk uh, of course, you know, Vikings Bears. Of course, there's a lot you know still mm-hmm. for the for the Vikings to play for. Also, you know, the NFL as a whole and the, the DeMar Hamlin situation. We got some great news in the last couple of hours there. Of course, our girl KXRB's Christine Manica. Uh we'll have you know. Our pickups also to some other great stuff that we got lined up for that we want to talk to her about. So uh lot to do still. So yeah, but first we're gonna talk some bulls and you know the bulls. Nah, bulls. Know, <laughs> I mean, of course, you know, look, they they're like what five and eight against teams like the Thunder and the Rockets, but apparently mm-hmm. they're what like eight and one against you know teams like the Nets. They're two and oh now against the Nets because they snapped the next uh 12 game win streak of <laughs> which mm-hmm. you know, of course they did. I mean, of course, that's but that's kind of been how the this team is this year but yeah i mean as far as the bulls are concerned you know, it was a great you know team 
win. And I, I don't know what to think about this Bulls team. You know, they play the Sixers tonight. No one, no one beat, of course. You know, they have to uh, wait on that to try to break that streak. Of, <laughs> of course, there. But yeah, what you say about there's that? a chance, huh? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there is a chance. I mean, they, they, <laughs> they've been up and down. So I'm talking about the Sixers. So they might they might get them at a bad night tonight. But a 121, 112 uh, win, of course, tomorrow. DeRozan had 22 points leading the way there. This is by by KD having 44 points uh, to lead all scores. But so Sid, uh, what do you think about that game? Because it was definitely one of those like usual typical Bulls, you know, like roller coasters, if you will. Yeah, it was nice to see the Bulls uh, take control of the game throughout the majority of the game, especially uh, during the second half. It, it, like you said, they play well against uh, the better teams in the conference and, and not not so well against the uh, sub-500 teams. It was the opposite of a year ago. But focusing on this game, Patrick Williams, uh, I think uh, it's been said around uh, the Bulls circles and certain uh, talk shows around town that uh, he's thinking too much. He just needs to play off of instincts. And I agree with some of that. You saw that the other night when he had 22 points and seven rebounds. He actually picked up the offensive of slack for Zach Levine. If you believe all the um, rumors and stories uh, out of Zach Levine, the last, or about Zach Levine for the last couple of days, uh, he's been discussing about what's his role uh, on the team, especially not getting the last second shots of, uh, that DeMar DeRozan gets. We talked a little bit about that on Monday, but Patrick Williams uh, picked up the offensive of slack for Zach Levine and 22 points. DeMar DeRozan contributed with 22 as well it was nice to see an all-around game for the chicago bulls it was a, actually a, a team effort if you look around the score sheet uh you saw guys uh, that normally that that only get the extra minutes they got the extra minutes one because zach levine struggled obviously number two alice caruso um missed the game with the ankle sprain so i, I don't know what his status is for tonight as far as uh, the game against Philadelphia goes, but everybody picked up the slack, and you have to be proud of that. Vucevic added 21 and 13. Uh, Io DeSumo has been playing well over these last uh, couple of weeks. If you notice, again, if you paid attention closely, Io DeSumo is one of the few players that likes to feed the ball in the post to Vucevic. You know, Vucevic is very happy with him uh, when he does that, so uh, let's pay attention to that uh, wherever that goes, but Kobe White, uh, Chipped in with 10 points. Derrick Jones Jr., it's nice to see him again. He contributed with eight points. So it was all around team efforts, especially on the offensive end for Chicago. You have to be very proud of that. And they stepped it up just a tad bit more on the defensive end. And that's what other thing I was most proud of the other night. It's sort of interesting that you say that because you know, all five stars were double figures. You know, P. Will mm -hmm. had his definitely had his best game of the season so far with 22 season high for him. Uh, Vooch had 21 and, and 13 boards. I think for me, yeah, and Zach, yeah, Zach didn't have his best game you know, of the season, you know, so far, only 13 points, but he did contribute, you know, with assists and a couple of uh, key blocks late. So, you know, that that so he kind of stepped it up, you know, for them for this one. Mm -hmm. So now, look, can the Bulls keep it up? I mean. You know, you know, 17 and 21. I mean, they play Philly tonight. You know, they don't have to worry about Embiid. So, you know, I know they still got to deal with Harden, but they should be able to kind of keep it interesting. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think the Bulls, look, I don't, look, I don't, everybody wants to make fun of them and, you know, say, oh, they should blow it up or blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I think it's one of those things where you kind of just have to just like wait and see. I mean, we're not even like halfway through the season yet. So we just, we still don't know. I mean, look, there are still a lot of teams that are, you know, kind of like you could say that about. So we'll get seven after uh, the, the break. But uh, yeah, look, I like I like this you know, team. You know, what this Bulls team and what they're doing. You know, look mm -hmm. how they do. You know, when there's balanced scoring, when there actually is interior defense, they made some you know, key mm -hmm. stops late in the game. They had to keep you know the Nets sort of you know at arm's length. So you know, look, I'm not 
look, I'm not going to freak out if the Bulls have like a bad loss. Yes. Yes. Do I need to do something with the bad losses? Yes. But I think you got to take it one game at a time, one step at a time. Look, some people said the Bulls, you know, if if we if they can get Lonzo Ball back, that's a big if at this point. We just don't know yet. But let, let's just wait and see how it all goes as we get closer and closer to the midway point. You're listening to Second City Sports to the Hashtag Football Friday Edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid McKinnon here with you discussing the Bulls. We'll uh, flip over to the NBA after the break. Lakina, I just wanted to point out the uh, a couple of statistics from the from the win against Brooklyn the other night. Uh, points in the paint of 52 for the Chicago Bulls. When was the last time they did that? It's been a while. And so you had to be uh, encouraged by that. The three-point shooting, they shot 8 of 20 for 40%. So that that's an, it was an encouraging sign. The free-throw shooting, 27 of 29 for 93%. Uh, that was also a, a, a statistic that, that stood out to me. And the assists, even though they had 17 turnovers, they had 21 assists. You would like to for those assist numbers to uh, go up just a little bit more as a team. Remember, they were they were averaging around 25 to 28 assists per game as a team a few weeks ago. It, it obviously dipped down a little bit over these last couple of weeks. But it, you start, as we talked about, you starting to look at this team right now, sharing the basketball and not watching – isolation ball as we do so many times with DeMar, especially with Zach Levine. Yeah, and I think that's sort of like the thing. Is, I know we've heard rumors about them, they are not really liking each other, not like playing together, blah, blah, blah. But when they're, you know, when they're good together, they're good together. So I think we're kind of seeing that. We've seen that in the, in, you know, in the wins, but, you know, we've seen, you know, glaring in the losses too. I think people need to kind of just, you know, keep those tastes themselves, at least for right now. So I think the whole thing, it just seems a little bit, I want to talk about Pete Will for a second. Like I said, he had his best game of the mm-hmm. year so far, season high, 21 points. He made some you know, key steals. Sort of one of those days where I think it, once he kind of gets out of his own head, I think you know, maybe he could, we start seeing the P Will that you know was expected with back to expected with him, you know, being you know drafted in the top five. So I think he can kind of, look, I, I've been saying this, you know, I think P Will just needs to kind of you know get the confidence going, get out of his head, mm-hmm. and think he'd be probably right there for it and be that you know that great player that you know the Bulls and Bulls fans expect him to be. And what did we talk about with him before the season started, Likina? I like the way that he brings the intensity defensively, but I wanted him to step step it up offensively. I'm, I don't expect him to score 35 points tonight. That's not his role like he did last year in the meaningless regular season finale game in Minnesota. But I expect him to be a little bit more aggressive offensively, uh, dominating the paint. If you have the open shot, as he has so many times this year, take it. Uh, as there's been times that he wasn't willing to take the open shot because I don't know if he's worried about not giving the ball to Zach or DeMar or whatever else is going on, or he just didn't have the confidence. You're starting to see a young man, hopefully uh, hopefully he can keep it up with, with some consistency, of course, but you start to see a young man uh, be more confident, take the open three, uh, take it to the opponent, and, and make the opponent adjust to you. And that's what we're looking at with Mr. Williams right now. Absolutely, and I think that's hopefully we'll see more of this you know, as the season goes <laughs> on. Now, you know, going to Derrick Jones, do you, who, you know, we – you know, who when he's actually good and he's actually out there, he actually does contribute. So, you know, mm-hmm. and you'll see him, you know, it's great seeing him out there with eight points. Um, I know Caruso got banged up, so we'll see. I don't know if he'll be able to play tonight against Philly. I'm talking about uh Caruso, but I know Drummond didn't play. But I think you'll see like mm-hmm. Io, I think Io, you know, having you know big rebounds and you know, 17 points. I think you know, look, I think we might see this team jelly now. Look, I don't know, like I don't know what's gonna happen tonight. I mean, they got a pretty tough you know stretch coming up, mm-hmm. but I think if the Bulls can kind of you know get things going, get you know put together maybe a nice little streak, 
maybe they can get back to 500 and be sort of like back up there because look, the, I know the East is you know, a little bit you know congested right now, but I think I've seen some teams kind of like you know fall off a little bit. I think we're seeing mm-hmm. that right now with some of them. So you know, you they put they have Utah after the Philly game. They got Boston. We'll talk about them after the break. Then they mm-hmm. got the Wizards. You know, trying to avenge that early season loss. The OKC and you know, Golden State. We'll see if Steph will be back by then. Detroit. That's going to be in. That's in Paris. Month. That's going to be in Paris. So that's going to mm-hmm. be you know, interesting. We you know Detroit's been you know struggling this year, especially with Kate Cunningham and other injuries. Atlanta, you know, Indiana, Charlotte, Orlando, like this, they got a shot of getting putting some wins together. So, and I think this team's more than capable of doing just that. Yes, as you mentioned, the schedule gets uh, easier to wrap up the month of January. But uh, the problem with the Bulls have been this season; they're inconsistent. When you beat the big teams, you come back and throw your shoes out there against the lesser five hundred team, thinking that it's going to be a uh, uh, a, a stroll in the park and it just hasn't worked out that way you have to be consistent play 48 minutes and string some wins together all you need Lakina, especially the way this season has gone you need not one nice long stretch winning eight out of ten nine out of twelve uh get a six or seven game winning streak going on if they could do that they're back in this ways they're back if not at worst the middle of the pack of the eastern conference we know about philly we know about boston we know about Milwaukee, but after that, uh, the Eastern Conference, uh, the rest of those uh, those spots in the middle, they're up for grabs. Yeah, I mean, you know, other than those teams you mentioned, does anybody else in the East really scare you? I mean, I know Indiana's been you know, pretty solid so far, but mm-hmm. can they keep it up? I know Cleveland. Let let let's be honest. Both those both those uh you know meetings against Cleveland should have been wins, or at the very least, yes. one of them should it should have been a split. So I don't want to hear people you know bring up Cleveland, but. You know, those wins should that, that you know at least one of those should have been wins. So you know that that's another thing. But does Washington scare you? Does no. I mean you know does Atlanta scare you? I mean you know they it's sort of one of those things. You know Miami. I mean they've been up and down. But you know do they really scare you? I mean as a right of the Bulls, when healthy, yes. I'm talking about Miami. Yes. Well yeah. Well yeah. Well we you know that that's been the problem too. They haven't have been able to have a consistent lineup. I mean as of right now the Bulls are in that that ten spot in the, in the play in. So if they can kind of get some get you know things together, get a little streak going, they can probably you know be right there, sort of like be near that middle that top six. So does New York scare you? Not really. I mean, you know, Cleveland's, you know, we'll see if they can keep it up. I know Donovan Mitchell's been a big difference for them, but mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I still want to see more. So I think, look, the Bulls could definitely make a little bit of a run and, you know, get to near that that top six, I think. You know, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have more on the NBA uh, from the best and the worst <laughs> of this past week. And we'll get into some college hoops. Illinois losing to Northwestern. <laughs> Should we take the Wildcats seriously? We'll dig into that and a whole lot more. You're listening to the Hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. 
Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to Hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can hit your boy up on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. We have less than 90 minutes of this extravagance we call a Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to hit us up in the comment section, you can do so at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's get into the NBA talk as we continue our basketball power hour. As we always do, we go backwards. So we'll start out with Thursday night's action last night. For those of you listening back on our uh, podcast, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, they lose by a quote-unquote respectable score to the different Nuggets on a row. 122 to 91. Norman Powell led the Clippers with 13. Jamal Murray had 18 points. He scored 13 of those points in the opening quarter. The Denver Nuggets led by as many as 43 points. Lakina, what happened? Yeah, I mean, I, I think yo, Clippers fans are wanting the same thing. Like, really? I mean, this is I look, I, I know that you know they've been up and down you know, with with Kawhi and with you know. And with you know PG you're doing like the low management thing, but you know Kawhi only had I think what six point. It's just it was just not a good uh, showing for them, and I don't know what happened. They were five for two, thirty-seven from three-point range, and 
it, it was just the shots just weren't hitting for him. I think that's the only explanation I could think of. I think if you saw last night the TNT uh, guys, I mean, they they were kind of flabbergasted too as to why this was a case. I mean, maybe it just simply you know the Nuggets, you know they you know the Nuggets led by thirty four uh, at one point. That's high for the largest halftime lead in their uh, in their history. So. Yeah, they also led by 34 against you know the Jazz. They ended up winning that game and hanging on there. I think they won by like 28 points, you know, that that day. So uh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's just like, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things where if you're the Clippers, I mean you just gotta, you know, throw away the tape of this game and just you know forget about it. You're gonna have you're gonna have these type of games, so you just gotta, you know, just leave it. But but at the same time, though, I mean, look, I mean, Jamal Murray had his best showing, you know, so far, of course, you know, he's still recovered from that uh, from the ACL uh mm-hmm. Surgery, you know, uh, you know, Jokic really didn't have his best game. You know, he only had 12 points. Oh, like, oh my god, that he, he needed <laughs> he didn't need him though. So, you're like, it was really like guys off the bench that you know kind of contributed. So, I don't know. I mean, like I said, just one of those weird look, look, you know, 82 game season, you know, you're gonna get, you're gonna get these kind of games. So, I would say if I were Clippers fans, they, I know they've been struggling lately too, especially in their uh, their east coast road trip. But yeah, some you know, something's really wrong here. But yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Speaking of another team struggling on their uh, now West Coast road trip, the Boston Celtics have to lose into the OKC Thunder the other night. Uh, they destroyed the Dallas Mavericks 124-95. Lakina, what happened? Another, uh, look, another uh, weird result. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, Jason Tatum, uh, his second career triple-double, he had 29 points. Luka Doncic had 25. Uh, Lakina, uh, unless I'm missing something, no, yeah, no help from – um, Lucas' uh, teammates in terms of scoring, and Boston was pissed off by losing uh, uh, with their last performance against OKC the the other night. They yeah, took was, it out on the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, that, that, that's just probably, as simple that's as that. Why. Yeah, that was probably why they. Uh, <laughs> that's probably why they were able. They took it out. They, they were not happy. If you saw the the presser afterwards, I heard that Tatum Tatum was not very happy. Not with Jalen. Yeah, <laughs> that was Jalen Brown. So and uh, uh, he joined. Uh, I'm talking about Tatum. He joined you know, Brown, who did it earlier this year, and also Isaiah Thomas as the only. So those players in their last 30 seasons, you know, the last 30 seasons to, to score mm-hmm. 25 points in 10 straight games. So a nice show showing by uh, Mr. Tatum here. I mean, once again, Luca, I mean, Luca only scored 23. I mean, they need help. He needs help. And you could tell that you could tell, you know, especially in the last couple of games, you know, his, his energy is starting to weigh down. So mm-hmm. I would be surprised if, you know, Jason Kidd decides to sit him for a little bit, maybe for a couple of games to kind of get his energy going. Christian Wood only had 12 points. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. only had eight uh, Spencer did. We only had eight. You know, had eighteen to kind of help him out, but he really didn't have too much help after that. So it, it's just it's just one of those days where, like, I hope Luca can stand up at the end of the season. Yeah, you know, I think that I think yeah. the All Star break can't come soon enough for Luca. You know, he's probably yeah, that play, right. But <laughs> speaking of one of the teams that the Dallas Mavericks are chasing, uh, this team had their fifth consecutive win last night. And that's the Memphis Grizzlies. They defeated the Orlando Magic one twenty three to one fifteen. John Moran thirty two points. Jared Jackson Jr., 31 points, and Pablo Bancaro, uh, the runaway rookie of the year, in my opinion, for the Orlando Magic, he added 30. Uh, Memphis uh, had it tough going for a little while, but they pulled away at the end. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, Orlando did kind of you know, keep up going, so this is, you know, this is kind of like not a big surprise that I did give him a hard time, but yeah, Memphis were able to pull away. Look, they've been playing better lately. I'm talking about the Grizzlies, you know, great scoring by you know, Morant and the rest of that group, you know, Jared Jackson Jr., but it, again, I mean, like, can I want to see him do this in the playoffs? We have not seen him do it in the playoffs yet. So they've been mm-hmm. kind of on the rise the last couple of years. But if they want to be taken seriously, especially in that Western Conference, they're going to have to, you know, advance in the playoffs. And we haven't seen him do that yet. 
All right, let's just go to the couple of key games from Wednesday. Uh, the Detroit Pistons defeated the Golden State Warriors 122-119. Klay uh, Thompson had a chance to uh, extend the game into overtime, but he missed a potential game-tying three. The Pistons, uh, we talked about with their uh, injuries, especially the Cade Cunningham. That team is still young and growing. It's all about Jalen Ivey at this point, but they get an important win at Golden State uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, on the road too, which is not an easy thing to do. That's kind of been like the one thing that the, despite what everything, everything that's been happening with the Warriors. I mean, they've been, they've actually had the, one of the best records in the NBA at home. This is only mm-hmm. their third loss at home this year, but you, you kind of tell them they missed Steph. I mean, we'll see. I guess I think next week's going to be kind of like the the week where we're going to see if mm-hmm. you know Steph's progressing so he can come back because they really do need him. But look, a nice win for a very young uh, Pistons team. You know, Jaden Ivey. I mean, if, if it wasn't for Boncaro. I think he probably would be up there for rookie of the year. They got mm-hmm. a, a couple other uh, good uh, young players as well. Of course, uh, you know, a ball young by Donovich is another uh, you know, another name. You know, Isaiah Stewart, another young guy. Killian Hayes. I mean, he's another a great you know player. He only had nine points, but made some big contributions there. So yeah, the, you know, the, the talent is there. But yeah, I think if you're a uh, Golden State, I mean, you're 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 kind of like right there at five hundred right now, or near uh, right just over five hundred. So yeah, you need stuff. Actually, you need him quick. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans are starting a long stretch, perhaps without Zion Williamson. Uh, they defeated the Rockets on Wednesday, one nineteen to one oh eight. CJ McCollum is going to, have to get, uh, carry their load for the New Orleans Pelicans, and some of the other guys like Brandon Ingram, who's uh, who's who's been out with uh, injury all year. Whenever mm-hmm. he gets back, uh, uh, he's got to carry the load right now. But the New Orleans Pelicans are really starting. Uh, they've been one of the uh, uh, most consistent teams in in the Western Conference to start off the year, but they're definitely going to miss with Zion Williams. And we talked about this on Wednesday, Lakina. They were, uh, of course, they played the whole year without him, but uh, with them in the lineup, they're obviously they're a much better team. Head coach Willie Green is going to have a, a, a challenge ahead of them, but if they can just play slightly above 500 until he gets back, when whenever he gets back, uh, New Orleans will still be be in good position. I mean, they can be. I mean, look, we seen them do it. They played with race the whole season around last year, and look how far mm-hmm. they went. But they might not be able to do it this year, especially he's going to be gone for a long period of time. So, you know, nice work for the Pelicans against a you know a Rockets team that you know is sort of young and then scrappy. But you know, I just don't. You know, they need it. They really need it. They want to get to that next level. Now, the the Lakers got a nice win uh, against the Heat on Wednesday, one twelve one oh nine. It was one of those weird games. You know, from kind of like a, it's been up and down. Miami had to leave for a little bit, and then, but then mm-hmm. you know they pulled together and nice little late run. I'm talking about the Lakers, then they were able to pull it out, and actually, apparently they're going to they're going to bring Boogie Cousins on. So you know that that rumor kind of <laughs> came out, so kind of help I guess help LeBron out since AD's going to be out for a little bit. So of course, uh, Dennis Schroeder had 33 points, 31 points, uh, you know, for Thomas Bryant. And you know, look, they did this without LeBron. I mean, LeBron didn't play, so. <laughs> So if I yeah. able, to, able to pull this out without LeBron, I mean, uh, Russell Westbrook had 21 off the bench. So the fact that they were able to pull this off without AD and LeBron, I guess, you know, you'll, you'll take it if you're a Lakers fan. Yeah, the Lakers needed contributions from their from their backup players, uh, their role players, I should say. Uh, Austin Reeves, who's been there uh, all year. This is his second year. He's done some nice things. Dennis Schroeder had 32 points a season high for him. He carried the load uh, for the Lakers. So it was a nice team win for, for those guys. But Lakina, LeBron James, it's amazing what he's been doing at the age of 38. But, you know, Father Time catches up with us all. And except for that 2020 season, which they had a pause due to the COVID break, uh, he's been injured every year he's been in L.A. And it's all about the scoring title at, at this point with him. 
I know he's complaining about the Lakers management not getting him help, but the Lakers are up against the cap, and that's not much they can do. LeBron needs shooters, and where are you going to get those shooters, Rob Palenka, Jeannie Buss? <laughs> I know part of it, I blame it on LeBron, but uh, your management that's trying to back you up, they're not doing much either to help you out with that roster. Well, Especially if you're LeBron James, you're available. Let's just say you're available to play 55, 60 games a year. I don't know where they're going to get it. Well, yeah, that's why they had to get Boogie off the street. So, you know, go figure mm-hmm. with that one. Uh, Atlanta uh, pulled away from Sacramento, 121-17. John Collins had 22 points leading the way for the, the Hawks there. Get a nice win against a very uh, young, you know, but also two kind of on-the-rise Kings squad. So going into this weekend's games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, just a couple other games to uh, to review, Lakeem, before we move on. Uh, what's going on with the Phoenix Suns? I know Cleveland got the best of them by two the other night. I know Chris Paul had a good game, but uh, what's going on with them? They had one of the top records in the league uh, until the until this last stretch of the no last Devin couple Booker. weeks. No Devin Booker. It's that simple. They they've been look they've been like zero and like zero and six since he's been out. So they really mm-hmm. need him back desperately. So that that's why they've they've been zero for especially on this trip. So they've had some questionable losses, and you know, look, Booker can't come back soon enough for them. That's true. And Milwaukee beat Toronto by three uh, in overtime the other night. So Milwaukee, they've basically been doing it without Chris Middleton all year, hoping when they get him back uh, healthy and start, my assume will be after the All-Star break, uh, this team will really take off. So Milwaukee is keeping up pace right now. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. We're discussing the NBA, and we'll get to the uh, this weekend's action from around the association. Lakina, what's the schedule for tonight's games? Portland and Indiana at six o'clock. Of course, Bulls and Sixers. That's a six. You know, in Philly, uh, New York, uh, the Knicks and Toronto. That should be a fun one at six thirty. The first game of the ESPN Friday Night Doubleheader at six thirty. You have the Nets and the Pelicans. That should be a fun one. Um, the Hornets and Milwaukee. They got Washington, OKC, battle of the young teams there, and uh, Detroit and San Antonio at seven o'clock. Uh, rounding out tonight's schedule, uh, the Clippers, uh, uh, they have a back-to-back. They'll take on the Timberwolves tonight at 8 o'clock. We'll see how Teron Liu uh, gets his guys up for this game. They should have a better effort tonight. Of course, on the flip side, the Timberwolves have been struggling all year with injuries. They're, they're, even, they're lucky to be just three games out of 500 the way they've performed this last few weeks so far this season. Uh, the Cavaliers will continue their West Coast road trip. They'll uh, to begin their West Coast road trip. They'll visit the Denver Nuggets tonight at 8 o'clock. Uh, the second game in the ESPN doubleheader tonight will have Miami at Phoenix, as we talked about just a second ago. Uh, both teams have 20 and 19 records, so who's going to uh, take advantage of whose uh, struggles there? And wrapping up uh, the action at 9.30, we have Atlanta at Los Angeles to take on the Lakers. Going to tomorrow's game, Saturday, you got Boston, San Antonio, note to start time at 5, and the Bulls will be you know, coming off a back-to-back. This is the second part of that. You got Utah. You know, Lori Marcus has been playing pretty well. He could probably, I told you he's playing like an all-star this year. Especially if Zion is going to be out for a long period of time. Lori mm-hmm. could probably be uh, the you know the front-runner for uh, a most improved player, so look, look out for that one. He had about he had 43 a couple of nights ago as you know he comes back to Chicago and faced the Bulls at 7 o'clock. You got the Pelicans and the Mavs, you know, Luca versus that uh, Pelican squad. That should be a fun one. They've had their uh their battles uh this year. Yes. Orlando and Golden State at 7 30. 
sort of where that start time there for a Golden State game. But uh, I digress. Yeah, five thirty out there in the West Coast for early Lakers. Saturday night for those folks out there. Yeah, Lakers and uh, Sacramento. You know, another team that you know we'll see the LeBron plays. Another team that has you know another another uh, two teams that actually have been playing. You know, had their battles earlier this year, so that should be a, yep. a fun one tomorrow night. Yeah, the Lakers have uh, have not done so well against the Sacramento Kings the last couple of years, and they could have had Buddy Hield, but when he was with the Kings, but that's a whole nother, a whole nother story. Wrapping up the weekend schedule from the Roundy Association. This is Sunday uh, during the last uh, regular season uh, uh, weekend in the NFL. Uh, the Pistons and will host the Philadelphia 76ers at 2 o'clock. Uh, and Joel Embiid's status, his status would be up in the air on that one. At 2.30, we'll have Portland at Toronto. At 4 o'clock, Charlotte at Indiana. At 5 o'clock, uh, the Brooklyn Nets will travel to South Beach to take on the Miami Heat. Also at 5 o'clock, the Utah Jazz will visit Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. At 6 o'clock, Minnesota at Houston. Also at 6, the Mavericks at the OKC Thunder. At 7 o'clock, Cleveland will continue their West Coast World Trip. They'll visit the Phoenix Suns at 7. And wrapping up the Sunday night schedule at 8 o'clock, Atlanta will continue their West Coast Road Trip, their LA two-game LA swing. They'll play the Clippers. So that's your schedule for this weekend from the National Basketball Association. Hey, listen, I can see sports on Sports on Chicago. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown with you. We're going to switch gears here, go to the college hardwood. Uh, you know, talk us to uh, – uh, college basketball, of course, with, with conference play now officially in full swing all over uh, the country. Now we'll start, with, of course, locally, we'll start with Illinois. Illinois losing to Northwestern by uh, by 13. Yeah, that sounds about right, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's sort of, I mean, it, it's kind of, I, I don't know what to think. I mean, Illinois has been one of those Jekyll and Hyde teams. I mean, I, I don't know which Illinois team you're going to get. You know, mm-hmm. are you going to get that Illinois team that, you know, came back and beat Texas? We'll talk about them in a second, some of the problems they're having. But also, too, I mean, Northwest, I know they're 11 and 3. I get it. I know uh, I have, we have a lot of friends here who are big Northwestern fans, but some of their wins, some of their losses have been kind of head scratchers. I mean, they, they, you know, they lose to Ohio State, you know, they lose to Pitts. You know, Pitts has been actually playing pretty well this year. Jeff Cable got this guy's playing pretty well. They lost to Auburn. So those are kind of like not necessarily bad losses, but they haven't had the schedule yet. So. You know, they did, they did, they did beat uh, Michigan State, but remember Michigan State, you know, they were shorthanded then, so that's probably why. I mean, every few years we've seen it, but they haven't really played anybody. I know they beat Michigan State, but, yeah, they, 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 the schedule isn't there for them yet. Now, if they beat, like, a Purdue or somebody like that, then I could probably say, okay, they may have a shot again mm-hmm. to determine, but right now, like, I'm not going to put them there yet. Yeah, like I said, I need to see more from Northwestern to see, and I got to watch a couple of their games from start to finish uh, uh, to to really get a fair evaluation uh, if this team, like you said, play better opponents to see if they're for real. Now, on the flip side, at Illinois, uh, outside of Corland Hawkins uh, putting in 10 points and Meyer putting up 17, you really didn't get any contributions from from some of the other uh, stuff, players like Shannon Jr. He only had nine. Uh, Epps only had 11 off the bench, but you only had – Two uh, uh, one other person, uh, Melendez, had two points off your bench. So, yeah, 13 points off your bench for Illinois. That's not really going to get it. Your, uh, your starting five must uh, do a better job. We, as we talked about with the Chicago Bulls the last uh, break, you have to share the ball. Everybody must get involved just playing one-on-one ISO basketball. Uh, uh, that's not going to get it done. Now, defensively, Illinois has been up and down here and there all year. So they got to commit uh, uh, better to uh, playing better team defense. Like I said, I mean, it'll be interesting. Well, we'll get to their, their schedule this weekend. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be yeah, – it's good. it could get even tougher for Illinois. So that's a whole different 
uh, thanks on the other scores from, from this week. Uh, Arkansas uh, pulled away from the fighting Mike Burmans, as we call him here. Of course, you know, our buddy from uh, NBC, <laughs> NBC Chicago. Yes. We got we to gotta get him back on. Uh, you know, it was a good win for Arkansas. They were 74 68 uh, there. Uh, Georgia Tech upset Miami. 76-70 and a Providence. Uh, UConn have had a, haven't had a good last couple of games. You know they lost their last game uh, to Creighton, but then now they they you know, they beat you know they lose to Providence. You know by 12, 73, 61. Uh, Georgia upset Auburn. So yeah, there've been some upsets so far. And uh, TCU got a, a good win against Baylor. I, I actually watched that game. That was actually a good game there. And uh, NC State uh, beat uh, Duke you know, pretty handily, twenty four points. Yes, it's sort of. I know people already are already freaking out. You know, Duke fans are already freaking out about, uh, you know, John Shire, you know, being the new coach and stuff. Yeah, that's the most uh, rank a Duke team mm-hmm. has lost by by twenty four points to an unranked opponent. NC is actually a pretty decent team, so that's not. I'm not. I'm a little surprised by the score, not the fact that they they they, they beat them, but yeah, it's a little bit weird in that sense. But yeah, I mean, mm, Duke's been. You know, Duke. Will, I think Duke will figure. They'll figure it out. I think. Yeah, I know John Shiny, like you said, he's at the first year at the helm, and it takes time for for any new coach and, and any new players to get used to the system, get used to their timing. So like you say, no one's going to come out batting a thousand right away. Things take time, but like you said, I think they'll uh, be there in the, at the end. But speaking of the Big Ten, Lakina, uh, I know you called some of this last night. I just saw some of the clips on the highlight package. Uh, Purdue had a, a big battle against Ohio State on the road, mm-hmm. and they come out of there with a 71-69 victory. I know Fletcher Lawyer had a big three-pointer to mm-hmm. uh, uh, lift the Purdue Boilermakers up, which turned out to be the not the game winner, but the go-ahead basket, which led to the uh, a big win for Purdue. But uh, Zach Eady has 16 points, including four for four shooting at the free throw line, but on the flip side for the Buckeyes, Bryce Sensabaugh had 21 points. Yeah, uh, they were trying to bounce back from the loss to Rutgers on the road. They've lost like four straight to Rutgers, so you know, they yeah. need to bounce back when they got that against Ohio State. I actually watched a little bit of that game yesterday, and look, I think Ohio, you know, I think Ohio State, they'll be up there. You know, Purdue, I mean, you know, they've been, uh, they, like I said, they've had a, you know, a weird last couple of games, but look, when conference play starts, you're going to get your best shot from everybody, so and that was a good game last night, and uh, look, Zach, at, at Edie had, you know, a, a, you know, he can shoot the three you know, very well from pretty much anywhere in the three-point right? He probably shoot it from Indianapolis if he could, so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, a nice you know, up, you know, sort of like the go-ahead uh, when they're uh, Houston, uh, just you know, hammering. They could be the new number one in the country if they if things go right for them this weekend. I wouldn't overlook. I wouldn't overlook Houston right now. Right. No, they were oh. in the final four a couple of years ago. They came close to going back last year. I would not overlook them. Remember that? Yeah, remember they they, they were you know look they were two of their top guys last year. They're back. They got pretty much everybody back. So yeah. it's gonna be in Houston this year too. So you know my little bit of you know intertwining there but yeah they you know they beat smu pretty handily 87 53 jarius Jer- uh walker had jarace walker i should say had 23 points leading the way there and i think they, they had all their guys or all their start their stars were double figures i believe for houston so you know like mm-hmm. i said they could be going back to number one so that that's look you know kelvin self's guys 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 playing pretty well so uh i would be surprised you know they might be back at number one they might keep it there for a while i'm just i don't want to put like you know a hex on them but yeah they might be up there for a while Arizona uh, pulled off Washington 70 67. Good Zaga needed a couple of uh, miracles here to beat San Francisco 77 to 75. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I've said this before. I know they're 2 0 in their conference right now, but it's not going to be easy for them this year. St. You got, you know, San Francisco, their top scorers back from last year. St. Mary's is always up there. 
Remember Steve Lab was over at San Diego now. You know, he's his guys. I think they only had like three losses so far. I'm talking about you know, his San Diego uh uh no, well, no, 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 San, no, San Diego, not San Diego no, State. Oh, say, yeah, sorry, my fault. San Diego, um, yeah. <laughs> the confusion, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Gonzaga's gonna have a very tough going in the West Coast Conference, so they're gonna they're gonna get it from like all fronts. So yeah, here's uh, the question I want to ask you real quick. I, 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 I wish I could say this is the last time I asked this question, but I don't think so. How much pressure is on Mark Few this year? Because they not we said this a couple years ago. Uh, Gonzaga's not the Cinderella story like they were 25 years ago. I think the pressure is, you know, it's been on in the last three or four years. I mean, I know people thought last year through the COVID, you know, a couple of years back from the COVID year, yeah, but they got their bus kicked by Baylor. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I know Drew Timmy's back for what the, like, it seems he's been there forever, it seems. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, look, we'll see. I mean, I don't know, but like I said, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a tough for the go at from the West Coast Conference. They're gonna get, they're gonna, like, like I said, they're going to get from all sides of that conference. So, no one's afraid of them anymore in that West Coast Conference. So, we'll see what happens. You got BYU, of course, too. So, They've had a couple big wins, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Iowa uh, beat Indiana, uh, 91-89. Chris Murray, who is the uh, the twin brother of uh, <laughs> Kelvin Murray, who had uh, who is now in the NBA, but he led the way there for mm-hmm. 30 points for Iowa. Uh, you know, I mean, it's sort of like I said, it'll be interesting to see, especially you know, of course, Iowa would would come back and beat Indiana because they were down by 21 against Indiana. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, go figure with that one, but yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Now, going to this weekend's uh, matchups real quick. Yo, tomorrow's matchups, if I can get my thingy up here. Okay, I have the part of the schedule, and this is from the top 25 in college basketball. 11 o'clock on ESPNU. Number six, tra- number six Texas will travel to uh, Oklahoma State to face the Cowboys. Uh, locally at 1230 on ESPN2, I'll be watching this one. Number 14, Wisconsin will travel to Illinois to take on the Illini. Uh, this is a bigger game for the, for the Illini. They're 9-5 and five right now. They, as we talked about, they were embarrassed in Everson earlier this week by Northwestern. And Wisconsin is 11-2 right now. These two teams always uh, have an historic uh, uh, battles. And remember, Wisconsin uh, got dominated by Illinois uh, in Champaign last year. Yeah, as always, like I said, it's always interesting when these two teams match up. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. Going back to that Texas Oklahoma State game for a second, you know, of course, you know, Chris Beard, you know, of course, has been let go after, you know, the legal problems he had, yeah. uh, you know, allegedly hitting his uh, his fiance. But then it turned out that I guess it was the fact of how he handled it and how he and his lawyer handled it is why, you know, Texas kind of, you know, nicked him. I know they've been, you know, they've been struggling since I'm talking about Texas. Look, they got a mm-hmm. veteran squad there. So, now that I guess now that that part is over with, they can kind of concentrate on kind of getting back into it. They're gonna, it look, it's going to be a, a slugfest. I know they got, you know, they lost to K State earlier this week. So this mm-hmm. could be like a, now that that's part's over with, maybe they can kind of, you know, get it going. It's going to be hard to do in that tough, you know, Big 12. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with that one. Kentucky and Alabama at noon on ESPN. That should be a fun one. Yeah, that's uh, going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Duke, Duke try, Duke will try to bounce back, you know, against uh, Boston College. That's on the ACC network. Georgia and Florida is going to be on the SEC network. Uh, Iowa State and TCU, that should be a fun one at 1 o'clock on ESPNU. Of course, uh, Iowa State made to the Sweet 16 last year. TCU, you know, they had a big win against Baylor, so it's going to be a very interesting fight there. Uh, East Carolina and Memphis, as on ESPN+. Plus. 
let's see here. So I'll Loyola, be looking for that one. Go Penny Hardaway. <laughs> yeah, Loyola and uh, George Mason, they get a little kind of a rude regular in the A-10. You know, they got their butts kicked by Davidson uh, a couple of days ago. Talk about Loyola did. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. going to be <laughs> get a little bit of rude regular there. Michigan, Michigan State, that's going to be on Fox at 130. That's going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to that one. Let's see what Joan Howard has up his sleeve against Tom Izzo. Valparaiso and Bradley and the Missouri Valley. That's at 2 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Going to these night games here. Yeah, Kansas, uh, number three, Kansas against West Virginia, Bob, Bob Huggins and crew. That's at 5 o'clock going on the Big 12 slash ESPN+. Plus. Also at the same time in Big 12 action on Big 12 slash ESPN+. Plus. Kansas State at 13-1. They'll travel to Texas to take on the number 19 ranked Baylor Bears. Yeah, that should be a fun one. Baylor hoping to bounce back from the loss to TCU Xavier and Villanova at 3.30 on FS1. Uh, Charleston, we have veteran squad there, number 23. Uh, they you know, they host Delaware on at 4 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. You know, they have a veteran squad. They got like, like five, six, five or six, like senior, like six year seniors or something like that. So that's probably one into the top right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Utah, Utah State, Boise State. Uh, let's see here. I know there's a couple other uh, Arkansas and Auburn at seven thirty on SEC Network. That should be a fun one there. Uh, Butler and Seton Hall, uh, New Mexico, trying to bounce back from that loss from Fresno State. Uh, Rick Richard Bertino and uh, his guys, you know, with Jamal Mashburn Jr. And then they'll try to bounce back against UNLV. Uh, that should be a fun one on CBS Sports Network. Gonzaga uh, and Santa Clara. That's at nine o'clock. Won't be on TV anywhere, but. You know, that should be a fun one. You know, like I said, they're going to have a, a fight in their hands. Now, going to Sunday real quick, Northwestern and Indiana. That's an FS, FS1 at, at 11 a.m. Uh, Ohio State and Maryland. That's at ESPN at noon. Uh, take a break from wa- watching those uh, NFL games. And Houston and Cincinnati, that should be a fun one at 2 o'clock on ESPN. Washington, Arizona State at 4 o'clock on ESPN. And Purdue will uh, be an upseller against Penn State. That's at 5 o'clock on Big Ten Network. All right, and that's your weekend action from the world of college basketball. Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as Second City Sports Hashtag Friday, Hashtag Football Friday edition continues with Luke Bryan, Luke Braun, I should say, coming next from the Locked On Vikings podcast and our girl Christine the Queen Manica with our Week 18 NFL picks. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. that you're in my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
Welcome back to album number two, a hashtag football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Mr. Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and Keenan's going to be on the IG. We have less than an hour left of this extravagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You have any questions or comments, especially for our next guest, you can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Lakina, the Bears are playing their last game of the regular season. Thank goodness. All, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> They're hosting 12 and 4 in Minnesota the Vikings. To talk about the Minnesota Vikings and the rest of the NFL, we're bringing on their host of the Locked On Vikings podcast. You can catch that podcast wherever you get your podcast, and you can watch it right here on YouTube. Just type in Locked On Vikings. Here comes Mr. Luke Braun. You can find him, Yay. find him on Twitter at uh Luke Braun NFL. Once again, at Luke Braun NFL. Luke, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. I know Vikings fans are upset uh, due to that performance last week at El Bay Lambeau against uh, Green Bay. I know this week's uh, this week's game doesn't have a whole lot of meaning. Uh, what do you think the approach of new head coach Kevin O'Connor uh, is going to approach for, uh, for this Sunday? Do you think he's going to treat it like a preseason game or uh, will you uh, treat it just like any other normal regular season game? Yeah, he's been pretty adamant that he's going to treat it like a normal game. Um, the Vikings could still theoretically get the second seed if San Francisco loses and they play after we do. So we don't know. And they're saying, basically, we're just going to play this like normal. That said, if, you know, the score is 24 to three by halftime, then maybe he'll make a different decision or something like that. <laughs> uh, but for now, you can probably pencil in the starters if you've got fantasy championships going on this week or something like that, you can, uh, for the most part, pencil in Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and so on. Now, what about the old line for the Vikings? I know they've had a couple of guys banged up from that mm -hmm. Packers uh, blowout. You know, what, what's the status on those guys? Yeah, uh, so they're down both the guys that they lost in that game. Brian O'Neill partially torn Achilles. He'll be out for the season and then some. Um, and 
their backup center, Austin Schlotman, also surgery out for the season. So they're down to a third string center, uh, which is either Chris Reed, who did the job in relief duty in Green Bay, messed up a bunch of snap counts, was kind of a disaster. And they brought in a guy that is just depth at this point uh, named Greg Mance. So I, I don't know who they're going to start. I don't think they know who they're going to start yet. I think they're using the practice week to figure that out. Um, obviously, they're hoping to get Garrett Bradbury back, their true starter for the playoffs. Uh, he is never was never going to play in this game. Um, and he also hasn't practiced all week anyway, so I don't even know if he could. And then at, out at right tackle, they'll be starting Oli Udo, who actually I think got his debut as a starter in the last week of the regular season versus the bears in 2019 and uh, actually did. Okay. Had a couple of cool reps against Khalil Mack. So we'll full, full mm. cir- circle moment for him. Look, you know, as well as I, I do and the rest of our audience that uh, in the face of any NFL team is led by their franchise quarterback. Of course, you, you guys have Kirk cousins. He's at, he was actually named to the pro bowl this year. He currently has, 28 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. Do you think that he's finally getting this just due this year? Or or do you think that some people are waiting uh, until the playoffs start to see if he falls flat on his face? I don't think a lot of people have changed their mind on Kirk Cousins. Um, it, you kind of either like him or you don't. I mean, he's been in the league. This is, what, his 11th year? Like, it's – you kind of have your opinion of him, um, and that's going to be that. I try not to be that way. I try, I try to kind of – you know, let him, if he does the things that I have been asking him to do, I'm going to be a little bit more positive on him. And that's what I've seen this year. Um, he's been a little bit more willing to improvise, a little bit more willing to um, kind of break the rules of a progression if he sees that there's an opportunity there. Um, and I think that that's Kevin O'Connell's coaching has really allowed him to be himself a little bit more in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like it, even though it's like statistically not as good. I think that it has um, the potential to be a lot better. So I really like the, the, this kind of new version of, of Kirk Cousins. And I, I was a very big hater for the first few years. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 I'm much more positive this year. I don't think a lot of people do that. Um, but yeah, I think if you know, win a couple of playoff games, go on a run, and suddenly that becomes your legacy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Eli Manning was a so-so quarterback until he won a couple Super Bowls, and then now he's the clutch guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that's why yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame too. You know, like, yeah, he'll probably end up. In but he will be in the Hall of Fame, of fame. Right. Yeah. in right. a few years. Yeah, you know, going to Justin Jefferson for a second. You know, we not enough. You know, you can say about uh, Mr. Jefferson didn't have a good, you know, good game uh, last week. I mean, I I, I, I remember you know, saying that he wasn't very happy that you know <laughs> that yeah. uh, that yeah you know, that that you know, he was basically only had like what one or two targets. So, uh, how do you feel he wants to bounce back, especially this game against the Bears? Also, the playoffs coming up. Well, he's told us he's going to wear seven stud cleats this time. <laughs> There's a whole controversy <laughs> going on in Minnesota. There's a cleat gate um, where the, the staff, the equipment staff and the coaches essentially said, hey, we strongly recommend you wear seven stud cleats. It's going to be wet grass. It's going to be slick. And, you know, you, you know, get your footing. But they wanted to ask and not tell. They said, it's ultimately up to you. We just strongly recommend it. Our equipment manager's been here for like 20 years. He's seen Lambeau Field a million times. He says, you know, this is my recommendation. And some of the players didn't do it. And then they were slip sliding all over the field. Um, So Jefferson was one of those. He fell down, I think, on four separate occasions. Um, And yeah, you're not going to get any targets if you can't stay up, right? So (laughs) that's true. really rough day for for Jefferson. And then he had to switch cleats and he hadn't practiced in those all week. And I think he looked a little slower too. So uh, hopefully that hasn't been fixed and he'll go get his bounce back. (laughs) 
Um, but also, you know, the Bears don't have a guy like Jair Alexander that can mm-hmm. be such a crucial part of their coverage strategy for Jefferson in that game. Uh, so we'll we'll see. He's still technically chasing history. I think uh, 194 yards he needs yeah. to break Calvin Johnson's mm-hmm. record and yep. 229 to get 2K. So if he has the game of his life, uh, then there's still something to be said there. Although if that's happening, the score probably has gone far enough out of hand where he's going to get pulled before he actually breaks it. We're hanging out with, with our guy, uh, Luke Braun. He's a, a host of the Locked On Vikings podcast. Uh, we're listening to the Hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the Living Color Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakin hanging out with you, previewing Vikings Bears. Uh, Luke, I want to uh, go back to that Vikings office and focus in on uh, the on the mid midseason trade by the tight end uh, TJ Hawkinson. Of course, mm-hmm. you guys had uh, injuries uh, 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 to that position uh, early in the season, but uh, TJ Hawkinson has made a big difference for you guys. He has three receiving touchdowns so far this year, and he's, he was named to the Pro Bowl. Talk about uh, 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 what a difference he's made to this Vikings offense in the passing game. Yeah, he's been huge, and as of about 15 minutes ago, the guy that he was traded to kind of fill in for, Irv Smith, just got activated off of IR. Uh, so he'll be available and we'll probably see a whole bunch of Irv Smith in this game, getting his feet wet again, um, to kind of get back into the swing of things and test out some of their two tight end (laughs) stuff that they maybe want to do in the playoffs. But Hawkinson, yeah, Hawkinson has been huge. Um, he's Mm -hmm. pro bowl tight end, obviously. And and honestly, if you look at the other like tight ends in the NFC, it's like Kittle and kind of who else. So you you could genuinely make the argument that the Vikings have the second best tight end in the NFC now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got it. If you look at the draft compensation, it is just like not enough. <laughs> I don't know what the lions mm-hmm. are doing, uh, but we're really happy with him. He's been able to be a true downfield threat, which you don't often get out of a tight end. Um, he has really become the second option after Justin Jefferson in a lot of progressions. And he's overtaken Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne, both of whom are absolutely no slouch, but he's been the guy that has gotten like the most production. He had, just caught the most passes a tight end, a Viking tight end has ever caught uh, on Christmas Eve against the Giants. And he is sort of always been prone to those games where he'll just kind of be whatever. And then suddenly he'll explode for 150 yards. Um, and he's been very valuable as a blocker. He's very balanced. Uh, sort of the, that total package tight end you're always clamoring for. Um, yeah, we're, we're really, really happy with him. And, and now that they have Irv Smith back, who's also an athletic tight end that can go downfield, not so much of a blocker, but he's, you know, been, um, like a, one of those faster, almost move tight end types. Um, who knows what kind of crazy stuff they can dream up with those two guys now. Let's switch you know, gears to talk about defense for a second, Luke. Of course, it's not that they don't have names on their defense. Talk about the Vikings. You got Patrick Peters, who's been doing a couple of Pro Bowls. You got Zedaria Smith, Harrison Smith, you got Daniel Hunter. I mean, it's not like, you know, these are no-name guys. These are guys that have been to Pro Bowls. Like, why haven't they been, you know, sort of like one of the top defenses this year? I mean, their rush defense is a little bit suspect. You know, Peters has made you know, a couple of, you know, inter- you know, key interceptions. But where's the consistency with this Vikings defense? Yeah, they've struggled all year mightily. This defense has been absolutely awful. And I think part of it is just getting used to the to a, a huge uh, scheme shift. The Vikings under Mike Zimmer, they were a 4-3 defense running essentially the same defense they run at like the University of Alabama or Georgia. Um, and the principles of that are a lot of if-thens, a lot of um, sort of, it's like a kind of flow chart thought process. 
And this is the Vic Fangio scheme. You guys are familiar with it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a little different. You know, we need Eric Kendricks to be kind of uh, more like Roquan Smith, where you're just kind of flowing around, find the play. It's a little bit looser. And it's a different mode of thought, I guess. And so Eric Kendricks reading stuff a little bit slow. Um, Harrison Smith is late to some plays sometimes, reading stuff a little bit slow. They've all kind of been thinking a lot. Add that, too. They've had some injuries at cornerback. Um, however, Duke Shelley, who you guys uh, cut earlier this season, if I remember, mm-hmm. has been yep. sort of a revelation. He's actually taken the starting job away from our starter, our, our uh, week one starter, Cam Dantzler. And um, so he's, he's been kind of awesome. But, like, we're, you know, starting guys that were cut earlier this year. It's not exactly the ideal situation. Um, and that scheme, I mean, Ed Donatel's under a ton of fire. Probably 60% of Vikings fans want him to be fired after the season, even though he's, it's only his first year. And we kind of knew that everybody going in that everybody was going to be learning and sort of making mistakes. Um, but it has been very up and down. The defense has had some days where they've been the reason the Vikings won a game, like against Miami is one example. Um, but they've also just had total collapses, especially like the last time the Vikings played the Bears and, you mm-hmm. know, Justin Fields comes back from that 21 to three deficit. Well, that was, I mean, a total defensive meltdown and they've been prone to that kind of thing all year as a unit. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the off season after whatever happens in the playoffs is see if they really stay the course or if they try to switch out personnel, if they try to switch out people on the staff. Um, because what happened in 2022 on defense is not acceptable. It's just a matter of how you prefer to approach the problem. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Hashtag Football Friday edition. We're hanging out with our new guy, uh, Luke Braun, host of the Lockdown Vikings podcast. Sid Lakina here with you on Sports on Chicago. Luke, staying with that Vikings defense, Lakina mentioned some of the names, uh, big-time names. I know they don't get a, t- um, a ton of headlines, and but – Daniel Hunter, he's tied for the team lead in sacks. He has ten and a half. Mm-hmm. What are you looking for? Looking forward to what are you looking for from him on Sunday? Since Justin Fields is not not going to be in there, uh, what are you looking right. for him to do to pressure Nathan Pierman? And what do you expect for him as the Vikings will start the playoffs next next week? Yeah, so the the duo of uh, Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith is sort of a game plan thing every week. Is like, okay, how do we want to attack these guys? And I guess I have to flip the question back to you, which is, where's the weak link? on offensive line because if it is an edge rusher uh or if it's a if it's a tackle if the the guy you least want to be exposed is is on the outside Mm -hmm. um then that's where i think daniel hunter shines a lot that said daniel hunter has not really been himself this year for a lot of the same reasons as i described with like kendricks and and, uh smith he's also rushing from a two-point stance a lot instead of a three-point stance which i think has hurt his explosiveness and it's all just stuff to get used to. He'll drill it all in the offseason. Might be a whole bunch better next year. But he's just you know, a guy in transition, learning new things, and it's not quite as uh, polished as it was in the Zimmer years when he'd been in the same scheme for years and years. That said, he has, you know, as the season has gone on, he's got a lot better, which you would expect in that sort of situation. Um, but Zedaria Smith has really been the driving pressure guy on the defense, um, and that's mostly because I think most teams – that weak link is a guard or a center, you know, like they really spend on their tackles and then they try to get away with a six round dude at guard. Um, and Zadaria Smith's superpower is whoever your worst interior guy is, get Zadaria Smith one-on-one with him and he's going to cook. Um, so that has been the plan most weeks. And then, Hey, if they've got like a backup tackle in or something, 
uh, like the Giants did. Or well, no, they didn't have a backup. They just had Evan Neal, struggling rookie. Yeah. Um, then Daniel Hunter is gonna gonna eat him alive, and that's exactly what happened. So I guess it kind of depends on what the Bears' worst offensive lineman is. Um, also, though, Zadarius Smith not spotted at uh, Friday practice, so he may be shut down out of uh, precaution. Or maybe he's actually, you know, genu- genuinely hurt. He's been dealing with a knee all year. So maybe knows that Arius Smith and it's only Daniel Hunter, in which case, yeah, who's your worst tackle? Yeah, let, yeah, let's talk about the NFC as a whole. Where do you think the Vikings measure up? We'll see who they'll play uh, next week. But, uh, you know, with all the struggles lately, I know they lost, they lost the Eagles early this year. Where do you think they measure up? I know that a lot of people thought they were going to win a division. They, they've already done that. So where do you think, you know, can this Vikings team advance far in the playoffs? Once you get into the playoffs, I'm one of those anything can happen kind of guys. I mean, you know, nobody was giving the Cincinnati Bengals the time of day this, you know, last week of the season last year. They, we were going, man, are they even going to make the playoffs, right? And then they rip off a couple of upsets. They won't be favored against Dallas, San Francisco, or Philly, right? I think they'll be favored against everybody else in the playoffs, but they won't be favored against Dallas, San Francisco, or Philly. And they'll have to travel to two of those most likely. So they'll have to pull off a couple of upsets. Do they have an upset in them? Eh, sure, they went to Buffalo this year and won. Um, so sure, why not? <laughs> you know, the, like mm-hmm. anything can happen. Um, but I think the most likely scenario, if all favored teams win is probably the Vikings winning the first round and losing in the second round. Uh, but if all favored teams always won, Vegas wouldn't make any money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is so true. Of course, uh, the, uh, you just like everybody else in, in the football world have been focusing on the DeMar H- Hamlin situation. Of course, today he has, uh, he, the tube was removed from him. Uh, uh, he's, he's talking, uh, to, uh, he talked to his teammates, uh, yesterday via, uh, FaceTime. Of course, he's talking with his family. There's, with him at the hospital, of course, uh, he suffered a cardiac arrest on Monday Night Football against the Bengals. Of course, uh, the league is now saying that that game will not be resumed. So you, you're going to potentially have an ASC championship game at a neutral site. Uh, what were your thoughts about how the NFL handled the, the Hamilton situation and uh, with this potential uh, AFC title game neutral site? You know, my opinion of the NFL is always they've proven time and time again that they only care about looking like they care um, when it comes to player safety. And the way that they handled the situation on Monday night on the fly really reflected that they were ready to they, they had no second thoughts about getting that game going again until the players refused. Uh, and then, you know, Troy Vincent comes out and says, oh, no, no, we were never going to review re- resume the game. Uh, I don't know. It all just tracks a little fishy to me. But in terms of the actual uh, AFC like playoff scenario and all that stuff, that seems like as good a solution as any. I don't think that there's a fair one that really gives everybody uh, what they want. You know, the Bengals get screwed a little bit. The Chiefs get helped a little bit. Um and that, you know, that, that sucks for the Bengals. But I don't know if there is a, a good solution that uh, is perfectly fair to everyone. Otherwise, I think it all would be pretty obvious. I think they did their best. The neutral site AFC championship thing. I, I kind of don't want to see a neutral site AFC championship. Part of the intrigue of that is, same um, here. you know, the, the, the crowd being into it and everything. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, for me with DeMar Hamlin, it, 
it's so important. And as fans, we are so bad at this because our engagement with sports is fantasy football or video games or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, betting on them. And it's all very numbers. It's all very distant and it's all very cold. But the human element of sports is what makes it worthwhile in like American culture and in world culture. Um, and when something like what happened to DeMar Hamlin happens. Uh, people tend to show their their true colors, and I think you can really care, tell who cares about these people and who cares about if these people score them enough fantasy points. Yeah, well, I think we all saw you know the, the camaraderie and the sort of everyone rallying around him from his charity, so you know, seeing like a big bump, and also too everybody's gonna be wearing you know three patches you know on them you know through sure. you know this you know throughout the games you know this weekend, so that's gonna be uh, pretty cool to see, but. I want to switch gears here to talk about, of course, you know, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They announced their 12 finalists uh, yesterday, well, a couple of days ago, I think. And one of those, of course, is Jared Allen, who played for mm-hmm. the Vikings in 08 and 2013. You know, we've seen you know, all his accomplishments, all pro, um, you know, alumni player of the year and, and such. Um, what do you think his chances are for getting, I think this is his third time being a finalist. So what do you think his chances are for getting in this time? It's so hard to predict these things because it is ultimately a political game. But Jared Allen is a deeply beloved man, like everywhere, especially by the media types that that vote on this kind of thing. So I think he's got a good chance to get in eventually. I absolutely think he deserves to be in. Um, if you look at just his resume of, um, like statistically, sacks and all that stuff, he he's up there with a whole bunch of people that have already made it into the Hall of Fame. Like that, definitely that box is checked. But also, to me, the Hall of Fame is a museum. It's a legacy award, um, and Jared Allen has a an unbelievably memorable legacy. Everybody who watched football in those days knows about Jared Allen. They know about the mullet, the cattle roping, the just the boisterous attitude, the you know hick trucker thing. It was it, it it worked and it put a stamp on the league, and um, he was so good for so long that I. It's really hard to make an argument against Jared Allen. Of course, with the Hall of Fame, you know, only six people get in, so th- th- there are plenty of people who also deserve to. But I think he's got to make it eventually. All right, that was Luke Braun, the host of the Locked On Vikings podcast. You can get, download that podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can watch it here on YouTube. Just type in your search engine boxes, Locked On Vikings. You can follow Mr. Braun on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Once again, at Luke Braun NFL. Luke, thank you very much for joining us here today. Uh, great insight on the Vikings, uh, their regular season game. Uh, we'll, if we get that number one pay, as far as Bears fans concerned, we'll we'll give you a th- a, th- a big thank you ahead of time. So uh, keep up the great <laughs> keep up the great work, and we'll see what the Vikings do in the playoffs and and much continued success. We'll have you on again soon. Okay. Thanks, Luke. Take care. All right. You stay safe. All right, that was Luke Braun, host of the uh, Locked On Vikings podcast. Of course, as I said, you can check it out wherever you get your podcasts, you know, various you know, platforms, as I said, so make sure you check him out. Now, uh, Sid, our girl, is with us, so we let's bring her on out, so cause I want to kind of get into it with, you know, with a little bit with the, 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 the Pro Bowl Hall of Fame talk, since we're mm-hmm. kind of like got a little bit of time. So here is our girl from KXRB, and Coming up to us live from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the one Miss Christine, the Queen of Manica. What's up, Christine? Yay! How's it going? We're doing I, fine. I, I, How about you? 
oh, you know, a little snowed in, but we're fine. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know you guys had a little bit of a not not not, not with a big snowstorm, but you get you got to get a lot oh, of no, snow. Oh no, it was uh, big. Oh no, it was big. We got fourteen inches. Whoa, boy. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah, oh, for goodness. those of you watching and listening to us in Buffalo, like uh, we, that, that ain't nothing. <laughs> we got like five feet of snow. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! I mean, I'm so, well, I'm glad you're right. safe. So we're glad yeah. you're safe. So yeah. So and you know you're you're able to talk with us. So uh, you know, speaking of Buffalo, of course, let's get to the uh, you know the stuff out the way about uh, Demar Hamlin. Of course, you know as. You know, Sid mentioned, you know, he opened his eyes, you know, they got the breathing tube removed. He actually talked with his, you know, teammates. And, you know, from what we've heard from everyone who's been around there first, you know, Christy, what did you think about the, you know, all that to transpire? What did you think about the coverage of, of the hit and what, you know, and the aftermath? You know, I, I saw it kind of all unfold on Twitter, what was going on. And at first when I saw J.J. Watt was one of the first guys to come out and say, prayers followed by Patrick Mahomes and a bunch of other athletes and I'm thinking gosh what the heck is going on so then they showed the video and I said whoa like that's something that you don't see often and if it wasn't for that um assistant athletic director with the Buffalo Bills I he probably would not have made it that guy and, and let's not forget to uh T Higgins that was the mm -hmm. one that was collided with DeMar and anyone that puts the blame on that guy shouldn't be doing that. What happened was um, unprecedented. It was it was a football play. It was a football play that that went horribly, horribly wrong. And um, I'm saying prayers for him as well because he's probably hurting and is affected by it as much as anybody else is. Um, but it, it is great news to see that Demar is is doing better, just every day, gradually getting better. I, I kind of laughed when I heard that he he asked the doctor the first thing he said, "Who won the game?" And I'm like, "That's cute." He thinks that they finished the game. So I mean, little does he know how much this has impacted not just the NFL but in the sports community in general. So I think he's going to be very surprised when he does eventually realize everything that happened and, and what went down after, after that. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Chrissy, how do you think that the NFL handled this? Because I know they did the right thing in uh, postponing the game because they canceled it uh, last night because the game would not be made up. But let's be honest here. We, we had Luke Bryant, Luke Braun, or I should say from a lot of Vikings. He said, you know, the players, uh, uh, decided not to play first before the NFL decided to postpone their game on Monday. So I wanted to get your thoughts about that. It was the players that really uh, took the baton this time. Yeah, I think they say that um, people are stronger in numbers, right? Yes. I, I think because the NFL, like Goodell and, and a bunch of other officials who weren't exactly there, just kind of made that decision, not knowing exactly the the bigger deal than what it was presented on TV. Um, I I think it was right that both the coaches, both teams made the decision to say, no, we're not going to warm up in five minutes. We're going to go back into the locker room and kind of 
process what happened within the last 10 minutes and then we'll go from there i think it's great that joe burrow pretty much right away when they went into the locker room was stopped by the bills locker room to say a few words and have a chat with, with that team i think that shows great leadership and, and a young player that he is and i think it's it's right for both coaches that at the end of the day just stood up to the nfl and said i don't think you realize what happened here we're just gonna walk off and actually be unified as a team now was the NFL probably shooting themselves in the foot once they realized everything that was going on? Absolutely. You can tell by the scenarios and the the plans that they have in place going forward that they didn't take this lightly going forward with these decisions. I know that there was a bunch of rumors going around like there was going to be an, an eight-team playoff with yeah. both the AFC and the NFC. That didn't end up happening. But at, the bottom line is they they had to do something in order to rectify the mistake that they made. And that does include canceling the game, regardless of how important that it was. That was the guy's life there. Mm -hmm. That was the guy's mm -hmm. life that could have easily been taken away with, within a second. And the fact that the medical personnel – jumped on it right away that doctors at the hospital in Cincinnati were right on this for the last 72 hours, however long it's been now. So it, it's just, it's amazing the components that were in place to see where DeMar is right now and to see what's happened afterwards. It's probably changed the game of football for the foreseeable future. Yeah, shout out to Denny Kellington, who was the the, you know, the assistant trainer for the Bills, who administered CPR right away, and also the, all the dots at the UC Medical Center. I mean, they like it's like one of the everyone says one of the top uh doc, you know top medical centers in the country for to handle this type of situation. So, and we see yeah. we saw why. And and I want to add too, when the, it was the beginning middle of the season, when Tua started to get those concussions, and then people were kind of right after that going after. Tom Brady for saying, oh, that was a legit tackle. The referees are just treating him differently. Now you know why the referees have kind of been treating hits differently ever since Tua received his first concussion, because look what happened now. I, I think they just have to reevaluate the protocols when it comes to certain plays and certain hits, and maybe even reevaluate the equipment that each player uses too. Yeah, we'll have more with Christine, the Queen Manica. With she gives us a week eighteen NFL picks, and we'll have a whole lot more surprises and a whole lot of fun as well. You listen to the Friday edition of Second City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. It's Christine. You're listening to Sports Old Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom.
Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only ten. But one of these days, a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol, at your age, can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy? I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom! I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Oh, sorry. Welcome back to a hashtag football Friday edition of Second City Sports, the first one for the year 2023. We're live in 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. It's Christine the Queen Manica as we're getting ready to prepare you for our week 18 NFL picks. All Akina, right. What's the results? All right, Sid. I mean, you know, I scored 10. Y'all bringing up the rear here. Uh, Christine, you had 11, and you also. You also had 11, Sid, so you're still two games up, so it's, it's all it's all come down to this, folks. It's all, yeah, it's all coming down to this. It's all coming down to this, folks. Uh, How many right. games are you trailing, uh, Lakina? I'm like, like, I'm like four. I'm like, like, I'm all the way. I'm like four or five back. So it's between you two at this point. <laughs> so yeah. So I'm, I'm just like, I'm bringing up the rear. But uh, yeah, let's get right to it. And uh, you know, tomorrow's game, Saturday, we got a, a double header here on ESPN, ABC, and ESPN Deportes. Of course, you got some of the other meme, so we can skip a few of these. But yeah, you know, Chiefs and Raiders. I mean, the you know, Raiders have all been eliminated. The Chiefs still got a lot to play for. I can still get that one seed. So Chrissy, you start this one. It's an easy decision for me, Kansas City. It's just, the Raiders have had issue after issue this year. So, bow out gracefully, Raiders. Wait till next year. <laughs> I know a bunch of Buffalo Bills fans will be cheering for the Raiders, but I don't think that's going to be enough. Kansas City smells blood in the water. Uh, no matter what the NFL decides uh, uh, going forward in the playoffs, but I'm going with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by nine points, even. 
Yeah, I would, yeah, let's get right to it. I'm, I'm skipping all that. I'm getting you know, the Chiefs too. I guess <laughs> unless Jerison unless Jerison has like this big like you know night like he did against San Francisco, yeah, to catch get the close for a little bit. So we'll see what happens here. But uh, okay, this game for the AFC South, you got the Titans and the Jags. Sid, you start this one. Woohoo! The Jaguars are eight and eight. The Titans are seven and nine. Jacksonville's favored by six and a half. As I told you before the season started, Jacksonville will make the playoffs as a wild card. They'll do even better. They'll take the AFC South division. They're going to pass the ball with Trevor Lawrence. They're going to run the ball with Travis Etienne. They'll create a bunch of turnovers with a young defensive line. I'm going with the Jaguars. Now said Mike drop. <laughs> you know, I almost went with Tennessee for this one just because Derrick Henry is back. Tannehill's still out, but Derrick Henry is back. Um, but that doesn't oh – gosh. Uh, I hate these games. I'm going with Jacksonville, too. <laughs> yeah, might as well make it a sweep. I picked Jacksonville. I know uh, Derrick Henry's back, but they kind of, you know, the, look, the Jags kind of kept them at bay in their first meeting. So, you know, I, I think I think they're getting hot at the right time. So I'm picking the Jaguars. Look, coach can make a big difference to Doug Peterson. So there you go. Now, again, we can kind of, you know, keep it short and sweet with some of these. Uh, mm-hmm. First off, you got Bucks and Falcons. You know, Bucks have already clinched the, uh, the NFC, NFC South. And, of course, the Falcons. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, that kind of forget the rare there. But, uh, yeah, so I think we can all agree unless, you know, someone's going to, you know, pull off an upset here. But uh, one, two, three. Buccaneers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I will say this, though. The last time the two played each other, that was during that really crazy overtime game yeah. where the Bucks somehow won it. So yep. keep that in mind, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, you know, the penalty and such. Yeah, that, that absolutely. Yeah, you're right, Christy. So, yeah, but the Bucks should be able to win this one. Now, this is a big game here. You got the Patriots and the, and the Bills, of course, the Bills, everything they went through this year. You saw the smiles when you heard the news about DeMar Hamlin you know, getting better and, and such. So a, a lot, a far cry from what happened on Monday night with the horror and the, you know, the tears and such. So I would pick the Bills. I think they're, they're going to feel the sense of energy, a sense of excitement. I think talking to him, you know, actually seeing him that like he's going to be okay and, and such, I think that definitely kind of will give him a little bit of a spark. So I'll pick the Bills. And then I wouldn't be surprised they, they beat the Patriots pretty handily. And look, the Patriots need this win to get into the playoffs. So they got a lot to play for too. But I think they're going to run to a boss on with the Bills. I'm the same way. They're playing for DeMar this weekend, so I'm picking the Bills. Buffalo, too. I have Buffalo. I have the Bills in this one. And this game will be it will be aired uh, uh, opposite of that uh, Bears game here in Chicago. I'll be on watching CBS. that. Yeah, I'll be watching that. <laughs> um, okay, you got uh, Ravens and Bengals. I think, I, I guess, uh, I guess the winner of this wins the AFC North, or did the Bengals already win? I don't, I'm not sure how that, you know, the scenario is here, but uh, look like Lamar Jackson will be out again. So the Bengals, yeah, I think they're going to be a little bit emotional too. So, Christine, you start this one. I am picking the Bengals just because Lamar Jackson is out. And, and we've seen quarter when quarterbacks are down, it's, it usually is a good situation or a bad situation, depending on the team and their O-line, their defense behind it. But I'm picking Cincinnati. I'm going with the Bengals, who they're nine-and-a-half-point favorite at home. As we talked about Lakeem for the last few weeks, the Baltimore Ravens struggle offensively without Lamar Jackson. Unfortunately, it's going to happen again. Like you said, Cincinnati is going to have a lot of emotion and a lot of fan support behind the two, given what happened last week. So even though it wasn't their fault, but I'm going with Cincinnati. Yeah, I'll pick the Bengals just because the uh, Baltimore is annoying me at the moment. 
Although I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if, they, if the Ravens somehow pull off, pull it off. I don't know how, but oh boy. All right, going to the next one here. <laughs> Uh, th- I think our buddy Spiro D is going to get this. Going to be a call in this game too. Uh, Texas and the Colts. I mean, I have no clue who's going to win. This is going to be for the number one pick. <laughs> so if, if you're, you're the a Texans, Bears, <laughs> yeah, if you're a Bears fan, you'll be cheering hard for the Colts. Go figure. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, say so you start this one for us, please. Just because they're the you're favorites like- and they're in home, um, I'll go with Indianapolis. They're favored by two and a half. Christine. Lakina, you can go next. Okay. I guess I'll pick the Colts just because they're at home. I mean, it would be weird, though, if they do pull this off. So I'll pick the Colts, I guess. I don't know. I guess they're favored. <laughs> I have no idea who I I'm literally de- delaying my response at this point because I, I don't know who I want. Is it going to be Houston? Is it going to be? The Colts, maybe Jeff Saturday should be playing on a Saturday instead of the other four teams. I don't know. Again, I'm just delaying my response. Uh, Chris Stalin. <laughs> somebody. I, I think I'm going to go with the Colts just because they're the home team. Yeah, they're fair by two and a half, right, Sid? So, uh, yeah, I yes. think that's the only reason. I, I know I know Lovey's going to have his guys play hard, but I'm sure they're going to want that number one pick. So I think the other pro Colts will probably win this one. All right, get ready for Joe Flacco against Skylar Thompson. He got the Jets and the Dolphins. Uh, Christine, you start this one. Yes, and you can start this one, too. <laughs> well, quit stalling, young lady. <laughs> I, you, I don't know. Well, let me help you out here, Christine. Yeah. The Dolphins are favored by three points at home. Okay, yeah. So, look, I originally am picking the Dolphins. I think I'm going to stick with it. I. Look, I knew that the Jets weren't going to put in Zach Wilson just because I think the team is done with him, quite frankly, and they're just sick of his antics at this point. But I love, I like Joe Flacco. He hasn't been great at all this season, but I like Joe Flacco. And Tua is still out, but you still have Tariq Hill. And who knows if the coach is going to get fired. It's kind of, they don't win this game, the Dolphins. There's a rumor going around that that the coach is going to get fired. So we'll see what happens. For now, I'm picking the Dolphins. I'm going with Miami, too. Miami needs to win this game and some help to get into the playoffs. I think they need New England and somebody else to lose. Yeah. So uh, I'm going with the Dolphins. Yeah, I think they need this game more. And I, and I know the Jets, the Jets are ready for the prime time. You got Joe Flacco uh, starting. So uh, I don't know how you should how we should feel about that if you're going to be if you're a gambler. No but, yeah, so we'll see what happens here. Okay, so you start this one here. You got the Panthers and the Saints. I mean, this game really doesn't mean anything. So the Saints have already been eliminated. You know, from, well, no, because the Saints have already been eliminated. So it's really your Both first, teams yeah. have, yep. Yeah, both of them have. So, you know, it really doesn't matter at this point. So I'll, I'll look, I guess, I guess since I'll start, I guess, you know, since they're at home, I'll pick the Saints. That's the only reason why I'm picking them. New Orleans. <laughs> I'm, I'm stepping out in St. Carolina. All right. Okay. Well, you Christine might get this it. one right, but <laughs> say she might. She just might. She might get this one right. All right. Uh, so scenarios here. Uh, Steelers win their end as they host Cleveland. Uh, say you start this one. Yeah, I know Cleveland has a good defense. I know Christine hates uh, the other guy on the other side of the ball, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but the but the Steelers uh, uh got away with one last week. They earned their victory at Baltimore. I think. 
uh, for their home finale. Uh, they'll keep that momentum going. Kenny Pickett must play well, and they must continue to run the ball uh, well with Najee Harris. So I'm going with Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going with Pittsburgh, too. Quite frankly, uh, Kenny Pickett was looking like a little bit of a Mahomes there with a couple of throws that he was having last week. So yeah. let's see if he can get keep that going. I'm picking the Steelers. Yeah, I think the Steelers have to win, I guess. Like, I hope uh, the Patriots lose. I think that's how that's how it works in order for them to get into that, yeah. that last playoff spot. So I'm picking the Steelers. I mean, look, Mike Tomlin, this is a testament to how good of a coach he is. I mean, everyone thought mm-hmm. this was going to be a rebuild for them, but now they find themselves one win away and a little bit of help away from Make the playoffs so crazy <laughs> how they look. It's crazy how the NFL NFL is weird sometimes. Uh, all right, NFC East, you got the Giants and the Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts was limited, so we don't really know. He might yeah. play, he might not. He's limited the last couple of uh, days. Christy, you start this one. Sid, what do you think? Oh. <laughs> We're stalling, young lady. Ah, come on, come on. I know, I know. I... <laughs> Look, since he is limited, I'm going to pick the Eagles. Yeah, Philadelphia wins this game. They'll clinch the number one overall seed in the NFC, and they'll get that bye week. The Giants, this game doesn't mean a damn thing to them. So I'm I'm going with Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is favored by 14 points at home. Well, that's a little bit high. I would say, yeah, Yeah. the Giants will cover, but the Eagles will win this game. Like said, well, the Giants might not play everybody. I yeah, think Saquon Barkley might not play yeah. either. Yeah, D- yeah, Dable might, you know, might sit his guy. So I would say maybe mm-hmm. the Eagles will probably win this one. Now, the Cowboys actually still have a shot uh, as they face the Commanders and a uh, quarterback literally off the street. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would, uh, yeah. Well, let's just keep it. One, two, three. Cowboys. Cowboys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and Dallas is favored by seven on the road. Only yeah, seven? Say, Seems like yeah. I should be the one with the 14. Okay, I think they have that backwards. <laughs> yeah, I, well, no, I'm a Christian. I think they should have that. They got that backwards with that yeah. one. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh, well, we'll see what happens here now. Uh, Chargers and Broncos. Uh, this is sort of like, you know, I think the CD, you know, is really for the Chargers here. I think they try to get to that 5C so they don't have to They can play the 4C, whoever they end up being. That we don't have to travel to Buffalo or whoever. So, I'm going to pick the you know, one, two, three. Chargers. Chargers. Wait, so you didn't say anything. I didn't hear a I'm going with an upset. I'm going with the Broncos. What? Yep. Because oh, oh, traditionally, okay. especially the last few years, the Chargers have struggled in Denver in that mile high. Stop it. No, no. Well, these are facts, Christine. These that's are fair. facts. Well, these that's are fair. facts. Yeah, and Denver is favored by three. Vegas hey, set that line. Chris, I did. Chris, are you still picking the Chargers? Yeah, he's a Broncos fan, and he's going against them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. Shout out to Chris. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going. This is live, folks. We're doing this live. <laughs> yes, yes. I love live radio. <laughs> we got a little live, we got live feedback here. Uh, okay. Yes. Uh, all right, Rams and Seahawks in, in, in the NFC East, NFC West, I should say. Seahawks needs to win and some help to get you know get to that last spot in the NFC. Uh, Sid, you start this one. If you're a Detroit Lions fan, you're cheering hard as hell for the LA Rams. Yep. But uh, I don't <laughs> yeah, think you are. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to work. I'm going with Seattle. Seattle is favored by six at home. I'm going with Seattle too. Yeah, Sam, I'm the Seahawks as well. Now they will. Now, unfortunately, because we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second, that scenario. But uh, 
this next one here, of course, you got the Cardinals and the 49. I mean, we just get this one too. I mean, yeah, they got yeah, you know, like I said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah 49ers. Like, it, yeah, I was saying keep it short and sweet here, 49ers. I mean, I I oh Jesus, I, I don't know what's going on down there in Arizona. I mean, I don't know. San Francisco what was that, Christine? Go ahead. A lot of PS4 games. A lot of yeah. games. Well, yeah, that, well, yeah probably that. <laughs> yeah. Probably that. San too. Francisco is favored by 14 and a half at home. That take the over. Right. Yeah, take the over. <laughs> now, because of that, now, if the Seahawks do win against the Rams, that means the Lions are eliminated, and they have to uh, beat uh, the Packers to keep them from going to the playoffs. Packers win their end on Sunday night. Christine, you start this one. I'm picking Detroit. I, I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers in the playoff. They're both eight and eight. I'm sick of seeing Rodgers in a Packers uniform. <laughs> I'm sick of him in general. Uh, and here's, here's the problem with both of these teams. They both just came off of massive wins. You got the Lions that totally crushed the Bears. Yep. And then you have Green Bay that totally dominated on the Vikings. So they're both coming off of pretty high highs right now, but someone's got to knock Aaron Rodgers down a peg. And I think the Lions are going to do it. I'll be cheering hard as hell for the Detroit Lions. I know it's unkindematic to do that here in Chicago because I hate Green Bay. Right. But as far as an expert, I'm going with Green Bay, unfortunately. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I think Green Bay would take this one. Plus it's in Lambeau. It's going to be about the mindset here. Because yeah. if they'll, well, they'll yeah, they'll know. Yeah, the Lions will know by uh, uh, kickoff whether or not they'll actually be playing for something. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they might just say, yeah, they might just say, I know, we know how Dan Campbell is. I'm sure he's going to make sure his guys are ready. But mentally, if, especially if the Seahawks uh, do beat the uh, do beat the Rams, they could probably say, you know what, why should I bother playing? <laughs> so I, I I think the Packers sneak in. I'm not, like, not going to say they're going to go far, but I think they do sneak in. And I think, look, you know, they're going to be at home. It's going to be a little bit, a little bit cold. Uh, Sunday night, so uh, yeah, they just might do it now. Last, yeah, Green Bay least... is favored by five. <laughs> all right, so mm, there's mm. a chance that they'll lose. That's all I'm saying. Could, yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah. the Lions. I, yeah, I think the Lions the under on that one now. Vikings and Bears, you know, Vikings still have a shot at that at the two seed. They're trying, you know, they're trying to get the two seed. The Bears are trying to get that number one pick. You know, maybe or maybe not. I don't know, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, of course, you know, Peterman's going to be starting instead of Justin Fields. He'll probably a smart idea there. Uh, I should have done that a long time ago. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, right. Sid, you start this one for us. <laughs> Minnesota's favored by eight points on the road. I think I want to see Kirk Cousins uh -huh. with that with that gold tooth in his mouth and that chain and that uh, minx, in that minx <laughs> coat in the second half. So Minnesota's going to be motivated to blow out the Bears in the first half. So I'm going with Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Treated like a preseason Boy. game, but they're really focused, especially after what happened to him up north here uh, last week in Green Bay. Christine. Yeah, I first of all, happy hundredth birthday to Virginia McCaskey. Yes. 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 Gotta say a happy birthday to that lovely woman. I'm sorry that the team isn't better for her centennial birthday. Um but with that being said, I I just want to move on to next season. Regardless of if the Bears decide to show up or not, they really should. They had a horrible showing last week against Detroit. Not just because they're trying to lose. They should at least come out to play. All those players are paying out there for a paycheck, and I don't think any of them earned it last week. That being said, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> After all that, oh gosh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep it short. 
what all, what all, like I'm like You're I said, a long talker. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, that's what we like, love about you. But uh, yeah, I think the Vikings keep it short and sweet. I mean, this is more, you know, I, I know that Bears fans want to try to win this game, you know, for, you know, for pride, I guess, but they got nothing to play for and try to get a number one pick. So I say pick the Vikings. And those are your picks. Uh, those are picks, I should say, for the NFL uh, Week 18. This is Legacy Sports on Sports Social Chicago. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, and KXRB's Christine Manica uh, with with you. Uh, as we uh, we have some minute time, let's so let's wrap things up here now, real quick. We talked about the uh, we talked about it earlier with Luke Braun from uh, Locked On Vikings. Uh, the finalists for the NFL Hall for Pro Football Hall of Fame, I should say, have been announced. You got Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Tori Holt, Andre Johnson, Albert Lewis, Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, who should have gotten in a long time ago, but uh, I'll get to that in a second, Demarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, Darrell Woodson, and also two, uh, a couple of contributors as well. I'll try to get those names out there, but those are those are the modern-day uh players so uh Sid who do you think is gonna get in do you think Devin Hester will get in he should he should have got in last year but I think Devin Hester will get in this year I know the Hall of Fame is not in kind to special teamers but Devin Hester changed the game uh with his kick returns and he's still the only man to uh do a opening kickoff return in the Super Bowl game so I think that is going to be one of those hollowed records that will go down in football history forever so off that alone he should get in the Hall of Fame. Now, Tory Holt, he should have been in a couple of years ago. Hopefully, this would be the year for him to get in. And I know Jerry Allen, we talked about it, like you said, with our guests on the last break. I think I think he'll uh, get in uh, ahead of the other two guys I just mentioned. But Devin has to, I'll take a chance, he'll get in this year. Who's on a couple of other names, Lakina? I know you said Zach Thomas, so he should have been a long time ago. But yeah. what was some of the couple of other names you mentioned DeMarcus, in the middle? DeMarcus Ware, DeMarcus Ware uh, Darrell Rivas, Albert Lewis, Andre Johnson. Uh, Dwight Freeney, Rondé Barber, you probably say probably should have been in. Uh, yeah, Willie I was say Rondé Barber should be in this year. I don't know if he's going to get in this year, but he should be in right now. Reggie Wayne, uh, Patrick Willis, and Darren Woodson. I don't know why Woodson hasn't been in there. Yeah, why that's... his name is on the bat line now? He should have been in a while ago, but yeah, that's know. a lot of yeah, that's a lot of safeties and a lot of uh, linebackers yeah. and defensive ends. So. Look, Zach Thomas should have been in. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, you know, his record and his resume speaks for itself. Uh, you know, Devin Hester, like you said, I mean, look, you look what happened with Ray Guy. You know, all those years, they had they kept him out. So unless, you know, they do a really solid uh, uh, sales job on him, he might have to wait another year. Andre Johnson, you know how they feel about wide receivers. I mean, Tory Hole, I think he's, I think he's a, one of the last guys from that greatest show on turf that's not in already. Yeah, Isaac, Isaac Bruce, Bruce is in, correct? Yeah, Kurt Warner, okay. Isaac Bruce, also too, go for your Marshall Falk as well. He's like the yeah. last you know, guy, so it's going to be tough. But like I said, I mean, I hope Zach Thomas gets in. Gets in I hope. Rebus might get in this year. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're only picking six, so I don't know. Christine, what do you think? I definitely think this is Devin Hester's year. Now is the time for a guy like him to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Exactly what you said, Sid. They're not too kind with special teams player, but but hands down, Devin Hester is not only one of the greatest Bears that have ever played, but one of the greatest players out there for sure. All right, they will announce uh, the names of the the 2023 uh, class of uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame will be announced right before the Super Bowl. So in a few, in about a month. So 
actually in a few weeks yeah so uh make sure you guys look out for that so that's that's gonna be interesting mm -hmm. now well, well go ahead Sid. i'm sorry i know you wanted yeah, to ask, ask saying something. Says, uh, justin fields is not going to play in the regular season finale against the vikings i know many people including yours truly has asked the question uh since uh, you're sitting justin fields why you couldn't have done this a while ago well which camp are you in ah uh, i'm in the camp of I get it. He's he's the future of the team. He's the quarterback that the that the organization has wanted, but they're going to ruin him. They are going to ruin him and this time with Ryan and Matt 2.0. They need to have some sort of a veteran, some some I don't know I, I don't know who they need. They need someone to to guide fields into this leading role more so than what he's already shown this season. It's great that he's about to, that he could have had the most rushing yards, but he's not a running back. He's a quarterback. A quarterback, in my opinion, should not have so many rushing yards. If Fields wanted to break the rushing yards record, put him in as a running back. And I need a, I need a quarterback then knows how to read defenses, then knows how to look at his second, third, and fourth guy when the first option doesn't work out. He hasn't mastered that yet. And what I hope happens in the offseason is that they hone in on, on why that is. He He's shown a lot of videos in the offseason. He showed a lot of videos in the offseason of him practicing, throwing. Where was that this entire season? You can blame Fields, but then again, you can also blame Lugetsky for sticking with the same old Bears playbook of just rushing the ball and just handing it off. It's the same thing. And, and you know, there's a reason why Fields got a lot of those hard hits. It's because teams will eventually pick up on that and see that not much has changed. So that's what I want to see in the offseason. I want to see him get a little bit more confident in his throwing abilities. But I also want him a chance to have that veteran on the Bears to show him how it should be done or how to handle certain situations besides just feeling like you got to put it on you and rush out of the pocket. Uh, here's the thing, Christian. I'll push back on you just a little bit. I think we, we've seen some signs of improvement from Justin Fields yeah. this year. We've seen some signs – uh, uh, especially after that New England game, which I think that's the last victory that they have up to this point since they're yeah. on that 10-game losing yeah. streak. But they are playing to Justin Fields' uh, skill set. They're not, he's not, they're not forcing him to play within a system that he's not comfortable in, comfortable in like they did early in the year. Mm -hmm. Now, if you paid attention to Justin Fields' comments after that first Detroit game here in Chicago when they blew that 14-point lead, remember what he said, I am tired, I am tired. I know he doesn't want to throw his teammates under the bus publicly, but he was saying that I'm tired of running behind the bad offensive line. Mm -hmm. That's what, yeah. what he was really saying. So, right. and that's what yeah. came all those extra hits and uh, sure all those extra rushing yards that he really didn't need. So uh, as we said before, he needs to practice sliding. He started to do that uh, towards the end of the season. Hopefully someone can teach him to do that full time uh, yeah. this off season, but mm -hmm. you need weapons around him. And yeah. those huggy, those, those huggies will come off of general manager, Ryan Pauls. He has all those draft picks in, in hand. So we know offense alignment, just like franchise quarterbacks, they don't get traded or go to free agency. Often they they are locked up contract wise. Yeah. So yeah, the, this the the foundation of this franchise is still being built. 
You need a pass rusher. I'm sure they'll draft that with their first pick in the first round. I'm sure they'll get one in free agency, but you need a couple offensive stud offensive linemen in this draft. There should be no excuse why they can't pick up a couple. Which brings me back to why Lou Gretzky needs to needs to be looked at a little bit more because it all it all starts with the coaching with those players. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. You know, I'm just glad he's not playing this week. I think that's like the best thing for him, mm-hmm. you know, long term, especially if it's a hip. Mm-hmm. It might be more than a hip, who knows? But uh looking forward to this one now. Eric Hosmer. Of course, you have the veteran uh, outfielder. Also, too, has a, a ring with the uh, Kansas City uh, Royals. You know, he's inside with the Cubs. And the good news is for Cubs fans, I know people get on uh, Chet Hoyer a little bit because of uh, he actually did a nice job. He only They only have to pay him about a, a $720 million, $720,000, I should say. And the rest of that is about like $38 million where, you know, that the Pirates the are have to pay for that. <laughs> so yeah. they'll have to, yeah, so they don't have to worry about having to pay all that money. So you got to be feeling pretty good if you're uh, a Cubs fan here. Now, as far as, you know, what do you think about the Bulls? I mean, they pulled off some big upsets, although they've also had some bad losses. So what's your mindset on the Bulls so, Bulls so far, Christine? Uh, let's see. I said the end of February is when we should all start getting worried. You said January. <laughs> January? Oh, well, it's not the end of January yet. So <laughs> I'm, I'm still, you know, holding my head high for them. Look, it's it's been a rough start, but thankfully the NBA, it's a long season. I'm sure that we can expect improvements down the road from the from the Bulls and I'm just I'm just looking ahead and seeing what what they can do by the end of January. Uh, what do you think about Zach Levine's performance so far this year? I know he got out to a slow start, you know, dealing with that uh, offseason knee injury. Of course, the Bulls sat him for a couple of games to start the year, and uh, right now, uh, questions have been uh, he's been asking questions this week of what's his role on the team in the franchise because Demar Derozan gets the all the attention, he gets the last second shot opportunities of. Uh, what do you expect to see from Zach Levine going forward? Because the Bulls gave him that $215 million contract in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, he's been up and down this year so far. So, yeah, even though the Bulls won the other night and Levine only scored 13 points, what do you expect to see from Zach Levine going forward? Um, I expect a lot more healing out of him and, a, and expect a, a more growth throughout the season. The Bulls are not – um, they're not strangers to big time players with knee injuries. We we saw that with Derrick Rose, God knows how many times. And I, and I think they're trying to avoid a repeat in history when it comes to that, when it comes to those horrific knee injuries. So I, I think they're just working Levine's body to the way it once was before the the knee injuries. And I, and I know it's frustrating for him. I know it's frustrating for him to say, Hey, I'm on this team. I have this big contract, but I feel like I'm not doing anything. I think they just want to get, give him time to see what the, what the knee is going to do and how ready his body feels to, to get back to that level. Hopefully he'll be at that level halfway through the season. We're seeing it more and more now too. We'll see if he plays that back to back, you know, it's not because they play Philly. They come back mm-hmm. here to play Utah tomorrow. So we'll see if he, place tomorrow yeah our buddy lamont scott uh, had a comment on facebook they beat the good teams and they lose to the bad teams we talked about it earlier yeah we talked about it earlier lakina which the train was the opposite last year uh losing to uh the good teams and being the bad team so uh the trend is opposite this year so we'll we'll see what happens they must do better against the uh against uh the sub 500 teams absolutely and uh christina real quick 
Uh, college World Playoff Championship. Will Georgia repeat or will TCU pull off the upset? I I love that Georgia Bulldog, you know, but I'm hoping for the <laughs> upset here. All right, we'll actually have Mike Chen uh, to a preview uh, the game uh, coming up to Monday Monday at one. So make sure you guys check out you know, check that out. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a, a good get, Lakina. Good get. Uh, Mike Chen is good people. I had the chance yes, to uh, awesome. uh, 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 hang out with him a, a couple of times, working with the old Dean Davis show back in the day. So Mike Chen doing big things. So you guys are gonna hear from him on Monday, previewing that big game, and and it is gonna be great. Christine, before we get up out of here, uh, speaking of that college football playoff, uh, Jim Harbaugh is rumored again that even though <laughs> Michigan lost to TCU on Saturday last Saturday night. He's rumored to go to the NFL again. Do you believe those rumors this time, or do you think he'll stay in Michigan for at least one more year? I think he'll stay in Michigan for another year. I, I think it shows a lot that he kind of got out of it just the other day, got ahead of those rumors saying, hey, look, for the time being, I'm expected to be here in Michigan unless they decide to go a different direction is, is what I got out of that message. And, it, you know, it always happens with, with these big-time coaches rumoring where are they going to go it's like Sean Payne right now it's like is he making his big comeback in the NFL so I think Sean Payne has a better chance of getting in the NFL first before Harbaugh does in my opinion just with the rumors and how they've been playing recently that's a good question for Monday Lakina yeah <laughs> who gets the head coach head coach job first Sean Payne or Jim Harbaugh I think it's Sean Payton you think? Oh, okay. That might be interesting, though, too. Mm. Yeah. It, it, look, he's already getting a lot of calls from some from, from various teams. You know, from Denver, from would it be a Tom Brady package? Tom Maybe. Brady and Sean Payton package? Yeah, I've seen a lot of that too. The world reports that as well. So yeah, that'll be interesting. Don't forget, <laughs> possibly Indianapolis. I'm talking about Sean Payton. Maybe. Oh, boy. Oh gosh, that's you won't see Jeff Saturday on the sidelines no more. He'll be back at ESPN like nothing happened. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I, I just can't see Brady if that is a deal with Sean and Brady. I can't see him playing for Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, that might be a little. Yeah, that might be. Well, mm, that's it. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. But yeah, yeah Michigan's got the. Him. Yeah, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan's gonna have their own issues because I guess they're under investigation for some minor uh, violations. I think that happened during the pandemic. So, you know, they're, yeah, they're having some issues there as well. So a little bit weird, but yeah, still ongoing there, but we'll see what happens uh, there. Uh, uh, you have anything else you want to uh, ask before we uh, disperse, uh, Sid? I'm good. I'm ready for the weekend. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah. Okay. So you got the last week of the NFL season. Of course, you got the championship. And of course, you got other uh, NBA and NHL happening. Also, congrats to Seth Joes, who is the only Blackhawk for the uh, NHL All-Star game. So, Shocking, uh, but congratulations. Oh, yeah, I think I think you get it for like a I think you you know, I get it. I think well, I think it's like one third fans, one third writers, and I think uh one third uh, players vote. So everyone loves him, you know, around the NHL. So I could kind of see why you were able to sneak in there, you know, he's a little black heart representative, but that's kind of weird that he got in. But yeah, congrats to him. I think it's like the third all-star uh, appearance, yeah. so good for him. All right, with that said, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's gonna be in the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Christine Reckler, lovely people follow you on social media. They can follow me at Manica underscore KXRB. And don't worry, we're still going to see Christine you know, throughout the rest of the football <laughs> season. We're still going to be doing your know, divisional matchups, wildcard matchups, and stuff like that. So, 
you know, we're, we're obviously the last of uh, Miss Christine, so we 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 can have the rest of the rest of uh, the football season. So you're gonna have yeah, she's not Christine. going anywhere, folks, and we yeah, love we'll her, say. whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, I'll say more Christine, more better, as we as we say. <laughs> exactly. For Christine and said, I'm a kid. Have a, a great weekend, everybody, and a safe weekend, and, and keep warm and keep dry too in some spots too, especially you guys out there in NorCal. This has been Texas Sports on Sports Hill Chicago. And yes, Lamont, well, you know, you know, you know, join us next week. Lamont, tell your friends about our show, too. You can follow us at Sports Hill Chicago's Facebook and YouTube channel. Also, too, at War Media. Check out the, check out the uh, listen to the podcast there as well. And, of course, uh, Sid, we are on Roku TV. <laughs> All right, yeah. Make sure you check us out there as well. So, you know, for Sid and Christine, I'm LeCan. This has been Texas Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Monday. We're back on Monday, folks. You know, take care. Yeah, we're back on Mondays. Yay! Y'all <laughs> <Nah>, bears. Holla! <laughs> <laughs>